Life Audio. Today we are reading a psalm that David wrote when he was literally inside a cave. And while there's been a handful of times I've been inside of a cave physically, there's been a lot of times where I've been inside of a cave spiritually, emotionally. In fact, I had a whole season that I call my season of hiddenness that I often felt like the prophet Elijah, where God hid him in a cave so he could rest and recover and heal. And I think what we see when David is in this cave is a powerful example of how we can pray to God and respond to God when we're in similar situations in our own lives. I pray this episode is a blessing for you. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are continuing our devotional reading through the Psalms with Psalm 142. And I want to just mention we have about eight Psalms left. We are reading through Psalm 150, which is the final Psalm. And many of you have been asking me what's next. Well, I want to let you know, we're going to go into a six-week study on the book of John. We're looking at six women in the life of Jesus throughout the book of John. So if you would like the Bible study that goes along with that, you can find that at shehears.org. Look for the She Hears Bible study. And you can either follow along with us, along with the pages of the Bible study, you can go at your own pace. The, the podcast episodes are not going anywhere. The, they will be there for you to, to look back on. But I want to encourage you, even if you are one of our male listeners, not to just drop that because I think there's a lot of value in understanding how Jesus speaks to women. It can form a lot of our relationships as well. So I pray that you'll join me with that as we continue our, our five-day-a-week devotional Bible study podcast. So again, I'm reading from Psalm 142, and we are going through the Psalms one at a time. If you look in the show notes for each day, there's a journaling prompt that goes along with each of those, and that's just to help you get that information from your head to your heart. If you would like those all together in one place, you can go to shehears.org and look for the guided Psalms journals on the resources page. Starting at verse one, today I'm reading from the NIV. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him, I tell my trouble. When the spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Look and see, there is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I 
am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. It's pretty clear right off the bat that David is in a period of distress, which is common to many of the Psalms that David writes. This Psalm would be considered a lament Psalm by an individual. This isn't necessarily something that would have originally been written for use in the corporate sense, although corporately Israel would have used this Psalm to appeal to the same kind of prayer if they were distressed about something. But we see that David has this deep distress and he is feeling very lonely and he's literally hidden away in a cave and he is faced with a situation where he is being pursued by an enemy. And so what we see him do is cry out to God. He talks about in verse seven, he's asking God to free him from his prison, which could be literal. It could be figurative. It could be emotional. It could be spiritual. But given that this is a Psalm of David, we know that he found himself throughout his life in a cave literally more than once. You can read about that in 1 Samuel 22 and then again in uh, chapter 24. And so what we believe, what scholars believe is that it was the first occasion, 1 Samuel 22, that this experience is, is what he's talking about. And in that situation, he had recently escaped from Saul who was trying to kill him and he was in the cave of Adullam. In the second, the reason why we think that is in the second time he was in the cave, he was heavily supported and had a moral victory over Saul after Saul was pursuing him. And so because of the tone of this passage, we believe it was in the, the it was the first time that he was hiding in the cave. I think that's helpful in case you want to go back and read that passage in 1 Samuel. It helps you understand kind of the heart space that he was in when he was writing this. And of course, it opens up where he's crying out to the Lord. And he, again, we see this over and over with David. He is asking God to help him. He's in the middle of this really distressful situation. And he has this feeling that no one cares he realizes that his only help, the only one that is even cares and needs help and the only one that is available to help him is God. And he knows that God is constantly watching over his life. And so he describes the state of his emotions and he talks about how his spirit is growing faint. He's, he's probably talking about one of the periods of time that he was going into depression. And I think sometimes we forget that David was human, that we see this human expression of his emotions. David struggled with depression throughout his life. And this is likely one of those times. And not to say that he didn't have good reason for that. I think some of the situations that, that were in his life would drive anybody to depression. I think that's a really normal way for, for humans to respond. And I think there's some encouragement there for us because I think sometimes as believers, we feel like we have to have it all, all together. We have to have our stuff all together because we're believers. And in fact, that's why we need Jesus because he knows we can't do it on our own and being vulnerable and asking for help or being able to admit that to God is the first step to getting through that season. 
I think we all at some point in our lives have felt that isolation in a situation, whether or not we were literally or physically or emotionally in the cave, that doesn't really matter. But I think we've all experienced a loneliness in our distress because either we feel like we can't tell anybody else or there's some shame around telling anybody else or it's just the circumstances nobody else knows or nobody else has witnessed that. But we have to remember, like David did, that God sees that. He's watching over you. And while there are other people in your life that may not be able to help or can't help, God's not like that. God is present even in the midst of those terrible situations. And so the the result of that is that we can cry out to him and know that he's, he's not just there, but he's going to remain with us throughout that season in our lives. In verse 5, David actually talks about how the Lord is his portion. And I, I love that. I want to explain that a little bit. That word in the noun, it comes from this verb that actually means to divide. Which sounds contradictory at first, but that idea of division is talking about the portion that would have been divided of the plunder. So back in Genesis 14, you can read about that. Um, and when it talks about the division of food in Leviticus 6, it talks about that. And sometimes it's talking about the division or the distribution of land, after, you know, part of the spoils of war. And so what David is talking about is God is more important to him than food, than land, than material possessions. God is the focus. And so it's interesting because I think we don't necessarily have this understanding understanding of the divisions that they would have had. But you have to remember, David was a warrior. This was the culture that he was set in. He understood that. And his original hearers of the psalm that he was writing to would have heard this or understood this as well. In verses six and seven, it talks about being set free. And I actually think we're going to take a little bit of a break right here. And when we come back, we will finish up this psalm talking about this verse in the last couple sections. In this final section of the psalm, what we see is David's plea to God asking for help in the middle of trouble. And he knows he does not have the ability to rescue himself. He doesn't even have the resources to survive. And he's not so much asking God to to help him, but he is pleading with God to intervene on his behalf. And I think there's a difference there because I think when I have been in similar situations, now I've never been chased to death, you know, in a cave, but I have been in situations where I'm up against something bigger than myself that I don't know how I'm going to get out of. And I think when I was a younger believer, I would pray out of desperation, God, please help me because I didn't know what else to do. But I think my prayer now is one of confidence where it's like, okay, God, I know you can help me. I know that you're the only option I have. Please intervene. I think there's a confidence when we have gotten to that place where we have pleaded with God and asked him to intervene on our behalf. And then he does. Again, there's this confidence that rises up in us so that when we are in those situations again, we don't have to doubt whether or not God is going to be there for us. We know that he will be. And so that's what we're seeing, this confidence. And it tells us about this aspect of David's relationship with God, the maturity that he's, he's experienced throughout his life because of the way that God has defended him and rescued him. And so he, David goes on to talk about how he's going to continue to praise God's name after he gets through this, knowing that, that God is going to be there for him. And then again, there is this call to worship in this because David is, remember, a worship leader. And so he's going to use this experience to lead his community in worship.
I think I have been there multiple times in my life, and maybe you have too, where we've been to the end of our rope. We've been to the end of our strength. We've been to the end of our finances. And our only option is to turn to God for help. And David, in this situation, he's being pursued. He, it's almost like he's in a prison because he's in this cave with no options, nowhere to go. And his only option, his only recourse is if God steps in. There's something unique and special about our relationship with God when that happens, because I think sometimes we have the tendency to feel like, oh man, that was a close one. God helped me get out of it. But until you've been in a situation where God is your only option, there's there's just this understanding of your relationship with him that takes on new meaning after you've seen him intervene on your behalf. And that's what we're seeing in this picture of David. So given that insight, I'm going to go back and reread starting at verse one. Psalm 142, I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him, I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Look and see, there's no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I cry to you, Lord. I say you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. God, we thank you that you are a God that sees us when no one else sees us. You are concerned for us when no one else is concerned for us. That you are our refuge in that moment where there is no other option. You are there. God, I pray for my friend that may be going through something or for the next time they go through something like this, that God, they would remember the words of David. They would remember the heart of David. They would remember your heart, that you were there when no one else is. God, we thank you for the peace that comes in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. 
hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are his.